that was trying to find a place to stay in Bethlehem around that time, which is another reason why she probably just mixed in with the crowd. And as part of the crowd, they begin to look for accommodations. And the first person we come to in Scripture that missed Christmas was an innkeeper. And as I was looking at some of the managers and the shop owners last night in the mall, I began to recognize as I tried just to stop to talk to a couple of them and ask them, how you doing? How you holding up? And I discovered that they didn't have much time to talk. They were not interested in a lot of conversation. It was, can you pay your bill and get out of line, sir? There's merchandise to sell. There's money to be made. There's a line behind you, and I need to take advantage of this moment. And I thought, maybe that's what it was like in Bethlehem. The innkeeper had probably had a number of people that had come to the place looking for a place to stay. And as this couple came up and knocked on the door, he perhaps looked at her and saw she was pregnant and maybe said to them, Listen, best I've got is the barn. You can take it or leave it. But the good spots I've already taken. I've got a little time and a lot of money to make. And as you look at his life, you realize that he came this close. But he was. Christ was born. Christmas came in his very own backyard, in his very own stable, and he missed it. We hear the term so close and yet so far so often. And it could be said today in a number of different avenues, but we first look and see that the person who owned the inn, so close, yet so far, because he missed the crisis. The second group that missed Christmas in there were the crowds that were in town. They missed Christmas. They were so busy trying to get the unpleasant task done of paying taxes and making sure that their family got counted in the right way that they did not have time to notice that God incarnate had come to the earth right next to them. And they didn't even know. Don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation where you were in the presence of greatness and you didn't even know it. My wife and I had dinner one evening during the fair and there was a group of people sitting behind us that were very loud and boisterous and, and honestly they were making it difficult for my wife and I to even talk and we came to discover after people kept coming by and asking for pictures and everything that it was the Beach Boys. I just wanted to tell them, hey, trying to hold a conversation here. Sometimes you're in the presence of people that everybody else knows, but you just miss it. And the people in the crowd missed Christ that He was there because they were preoccupied. See, the people that lived in the villages had houses to clean. They had guests to prepare for. They knew their families were coming, and so just like everybody else, you want to make sure that you put out the clean linen and the house is clean. You want to make it look the best it can. There was butchering to be done. Somebody had to go to the market and pick up the supplies. Food to be prepared. People had so many needs of their own to take care of that they hardly had time to notice that there was a child born in their midst whose glory was different than everybody else. Who could take the precious time in the busyness to notice that Christmas? The vast majority of the crowd missed it. Even though he came right in their neighbor. In fact, I wouldn't doubt it if some people walked right by the mother and the child when she was there in the stable to collect their animals, thinking it's amazing that you guys are staying here, but can you please move and can you move the manger? I need to get my animal out so that I can get on with my business. Maybe they thought to themselves, how unfortunate that this couple is so poor 
that they have to stay in these conditions. Maybe they thought, boy, I'm glad that that's not me or my children. Yet apparently never once did they stop and respond to the prompting in their own hearts that they were in the presence of the One who would change eternity. They missed Him. And they missed Christmas. The second group that is mentioned within Luke chapter 2 are those that were looking in the wrong place at the wrong time and for the wrong reasons. It's not that they didn't know Christmas was coming. They just didn't expect Christmas to arrive like this. And because it came different than what they expected, it wasn't what they were looking for. You see, there was a nation of people that were expecting a Savior. They were expecting a Messiah. But they expected that the event would come with the requisite fanfare of greatness. And so they looked for the fanfare and they missed Christmas. How can a nation of people believe that their king has come when he's born of a woman who was pregnant before she was married? How can a nation expect to recognize their Redeemer when his first clothing is likely an extra shirt that his father pulled out of a saddlebag? How can a nation expect to receive their king when the reception hall is a barn and not a palace? How can a king be born in a place so vulnerable and so approachable to anything that likely the barn cat got a chance to come over and lick the Messiah? How can this possibly be? So a nation looked at the circumstance and determined, this is too ordinary, it's too common, and it's too shameful to be considered Christmas. They determined that due to the circumstances, this is not the child of prophecy. And so they missed Christmas. Sadly, there are many in the nation of Israel and people of Jewish descent that are still missing Christmas today because they've looked for the wrong circumstances. Then there's King Herod. He knew something was up. He just didn't know what it was. He or his cronies had heard that there was one that was going to be born the king of the Jews. And contrary to the popularity of his thoughts or his motives, he was not interested in sharing his title with anyone. And so he began a journey to make sure that all the competition could be removed. And so he summoned the searchers and he lied to them about his sincerity. told them to please find the new king for me. I want to participate in the worship of the king of Christmas. And Herod, seeking in the wrong place at the wrong time, resulted, as you read through history, in the death of hundreds of infant baby boys in an effort that he might remove those who would compete with him with his power. But while King Herod missed Christmas, he also couldn't stop Christmas from coming, no matter how hard he tried or how many families he heard in the process. Then there was a third group, those that found Christ and experienced Christ. This group begins with the unlikeliest of people, shepherds in a field. You read the the Scripture and you recognize that theirs was a special announcement. But as spectacular as the angelic announcement was, I don't believe that could hold a candle to the way they felt when they walked in and they found Christ. The joy that began to fill their hearts. Even though... The circumstances seemed unlikely. They had found Christmas. Maybe your family is kind of like mine, and sometimes at Christmas we get a little sneaky. 
We know that there are certain things that rise higher on the wish list than others. And so we like to wrap things in an unusual manner so that you don't give away the value of the gift. Any of you ever do anything like that? Like you'll take something very small and wrap it in a huge box. You'll take something that you can't hide the shape of so you make it look like something else. My father was a master at that. He would take empty tubes after he had finished the rolling paper and he would make things and somehow all his gifts looked like a cross. You could never tell what they really were. Sometimes my mom would be accused of wrapping things in newspaper just to make sure that it didn't give itself away as to the value. Sometimes we look at the outside of things. We try to determine the value of things by how nice it is wrapped on the outside. Jesus came as one that was wrapped rather humbly. But the value of the gift was more incredible than any gift that's ever been given. At the moment that they were interrupted, they heeded the interruption of their schedule. And they found the one who changed them forever. And although Jesus was a mere infant, He was completely God and His presence was so powerful that when they entered into that stable, they fell down and they worshipped Him because they had found Christmas. The Bible also tells us later on in chapter 2 of Luke that when Jesus was eight days old, Scripture declares that Mary and Joseph took Him to the temple. He was to be blessed and circumcised. And in the temple was one of the priests, an old man by the name of Simeon, who had been waiting what he describes as the consolation of Israel. And as he took the Christmas child into his arms to do something that he did regularly on a daily basis of the blessing and the circumcising of eight-year-old boys, something different was about this child. And inside his spirit, it began to come alive and leap. And he begins to declare, For mine eyes have seen my salvation, that which has been prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and a glory of the people Israel. His heart had been prepared to find Christmas. And during that ceremony, there was an old prophetess by the name of Anna that had only been married a few years and then her husband died and the rest of her years she had spent in the temple constantly seeking the face of God. And as she walks by the ceremony that was probably a rather private time, instantly something happened within her and she stops and she begins to prophesy recognizing that she too has found Christmas came into the room where Jesus was and was hit by the force of recognition in her spirit. And she began to thank God for her redemption. All who found Christmas left the change lives. That's what Christmas is all about. Change lives. And today there is still a group of free people in our world as it relates to Christmas. There will be those who we know that will miss Christmas. You see, they'll celebrate the holiday, but they'll miss Christmas. They're very busy. There's much to do. Perhaps you're even sitting here today and your mind has wandered to the thousands of things that are on your list to do before Christmas Day arrives. Plans to make, places to go, gifts to back, gifts to wrap, decorations to put up, cooking to do. The spirit of the season involves busyness. While they celebrate something, they will have missed Christ. So they will then miss Christ. But missed it. Christ. 
ago, I was driving to Long Island so that we could spend Christmas with Cindy's folks. As I was crossing the George Washington Bridge, and it was before the days of Easy Pass, it was when you had to stop and get the ticket, pulled up to the booth there. There was a lady there that was all dressed up Christmassy. She was wearing a hat, a fuzzy hat, red hat. Looked all nice. And I looked at her as I took the ticket, and I said, Merry Christmas! I waited for her to smile. I waited for a cheerful response. She turned around to give me my change, and she barked back to me, I don't believe in Christmas. That caught me a little off guard. And she barked like a dog. Scared me a little bit. So my response was, oh, that's too bad. Because you don't know what you're missing out on. If you've missed Christ. Then there are those today that are looking in the wrong place. I've discovered in talking to people that everybody has a deep longing of significance in their life. They want a life that's worth living, so they try to find it in the wrappings and the trappings of Christmas. They try to find joy in the parties that they go to. They try to find happiness in the alcohol they consume that tries to remove them from their present reality. They try to start relationships that they think somehow might be able to fill the void. Maybe it will be the new presents and the gifts that you get this year. That's what you need is more possessions because last year's possessions certainly filled all the voids for you. Some will even come to church and play the spiritual game, but they will wake up on December 26th with the same emptiness that they have now because they will have been satisfied to be near Christmas but will have missed Christ. When you give Christ a permanent home in your life, Christmas is every day. Missing Christ is Christmas. And then there are those that found. You will know them because they will have accepted a gift that they did not deserve and they could not earn and there's no way they could buy it for themselves. You will recognize this then because they can't get the smile off their face that comes with having Christ living within you. You'll recognize them because they come from every walk of life and every background and every culture. They will look as different as every snowflake does, but they will be filled with the same joy because Christ will have come into their life and taken up residence and it changed them. And they found Christ and they found Christ. See, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what our kids were singing about. About salvation. It's about what extremes God would go to to let you know that He loves you. The extremes that He would go to to let him know that he values you. Screams that he'll go to to let you know that he wants you back. It's about deity taking on the form of man to come to communicate to us so that there is grace and forgiveness available. Worship team, if you'd please come. He left heaven to come to earth so that when we leave earth, we can inherit his heaven. He came so that I could trade my sin for His righteousness. He came so that this Christmas, you and I can make a choice that is our choice alone. You don't go to heaven by who you hang out with. You go to heaven because you chose Christmas to come and live in your own life.
So today we join with the voices of excited children all over the world and we ask you, in your life today, is it Christmas yet? Is it Christmas yet?